I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for being here. Honestly, thank you. Um, I don't know about for you, but for me, the past um, year, 10 months or something like that has really shown me the value of... You guys going to make it? <laughs> Joe, that's your daughter-in-law. She can take it. Technical difficulties. <clears throat> hey... <clears throat> I have learned or relearned or my eyes have been opened to the value of face-to-face, in-person. I can see you and it's not through a computer screen relationships. And uh, so when I say thanks for being here, I, like, I really mean it. It's not just like, a, oh, yes, say it every time. I don't have to say it every time. Sometimes I don't feel it. <laughs> That's my problem. <clears throat> but today, I'm really glad that you're here and I'm happy to be here with you and uh, For those of you online watching, I'm glad to have you tuned in as well. Um, I'd love it if you were here, if you're able, but glad you're tuned in anyway. Uh, Today we are in the middle of a series called Preventative Maintenance. If you've been here for the past few weeks, you know that. But in case you are new or in case it's your first time tuning in, let me just give you kind of a one-minute overview of what this series is about before we jump into the topic for today. When it comes to preventative maintenance in in all areas of our life, whether we're talking about our vehicles, our homes, whether we eat right and exercise, it just seems like there's this natural bent for every single one of us to assume when it comes to preventative maintenance that it doesn't matter. Now, maybe you use different words, and maybe this doesn't come up all the time, but I think in human nature, there's this natural tendency to think whatever the preventative maintenance is, that doesn't matter. It's not really going to make a difference. It's not really going to change my life. I don't want to go through the work or the cost or the effort or the discipline or take the time to go through with that because I'll I'll be fine in the long run, right? My car will be fine. It'll keep driving. I don't need to do a coolant flush. My body will be fine. And, you know, I'm 35 right now. I don't need to worry about eating healthy or anything like that. It doesn't matter. And maybe in some areas, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. But, but... I'm 35 and still going through puberty. <clears throat> but the point of this series has been, get a, been getting us to think about preventative maintenance differently. Rather than assuming it doesn't matter, maybe we can start to ask ourselves a question. And that question is this, what if? What if it does matter? What if it would make a difference? What if the upfront cost would pay huge dividends in the long run? What if a little bit of discipline right now in our lives, in our kids' lives, whatever, what if that could set us up for success in the future? Or what if at the very least, what if that could prevent us from having as many troubles or as many regrets as we go on? What if God has some instructions for our lives that are actually for our good, for our benefit? He's not trying to restrict us. He's trying to give us instructions on how to do life the best possible what if. Now, the, <clears throat> I can't make you believe anything. You know, I stand up here and, and talk, or Kevin stands up here and talks, but that's a question that you have to answer for yourself. But I hope that throughout this series, if you've been here for some of the weeks, I hope that throughout the week after you hear a message, that question of what if is something that you ponder. What if it's right? Uh, I don't know if it is. What if? But just ask yourself that question, what if? Now, over the past two weeks, we've covered some very specific, I mean, very, very specific points in our lives. We've covered marriage and parenting, and maybe if, if those don't apply to you, you think, okay, please give me something else that I can... <clears throat> Next week, we're going to talk about something very specific as well. Um, actually, when we were kind of planning out this whole series, next week is the one I am looking forward to the most. 
It's one of the topics I am most passionate about. Um, I actually almost switched it up and did it this week, but my emotions were a little high, and I thought, yeah, better, better cool off. So anyway, two weeks of very specific stuff, next week very specific. What about this week? We could really make this series go on for 200 years if we wanted to, talking about God's specific instructions for every different area of our life. And if you, if you run into situation A, do this. And if you run into situation Z1, do like... But here's the thing. We're, we're going to move on to some other stuff this year. So I thought, what's kind of... What's something that would include everybody, that would help all of us, that's not so specific? And what I want to talk about today is something that every single one of us can benefit. It is so general. It is so all-encompassing, this preventative maintenance for this area of our life. And that's with our decisions. How do we make better decisions in our life? And is there some preventative maintenance for that? I know me. I know that I've made plenty of poor decisions in my life. When I was 20 years old, I bought a house um, 20 minutes after I saw the house, I was back at the realtor's office putting in a full price offer without asking for any advice from anybody else, without talking to my parents, without talking to like, you know, I already had pre-approved loan for a million dollars back in 2006. They were handing out money like it was candy. <clears throat> but I went in and put this full price offer on because, oh, this just, yeah, this looks good. I want to be on my own. It was a pretty, pretty poor decision. Wasn't, wasn't the best one of my life. In fact, we were upside down on that loan for quite a while. I made another decision one time. I had a Taylor acoustic guitar. If you don't know what a Taylor guitar is, it's kind of like the Ferrari of acoustic guitars. I had one of those at one point, but I wanted to buy a motorcycle. And there was no way I was going to have enough patience or self-control or willpower to save up enough money and to take enough time to buy this motorcycle. And so I sold the guitar regret it to this day. I mean, that was probably 12 years ago. I still hop on Craigslist every once in a while to see, is somebody selling that guitar? Because like I want it back so much. It was such a great guitar. I have said things and done things that have hurt the people that I care about and love the most. In fact, just yesterday, I kind of blew up at my wife a little bit. Not proud about that. But I, here's the thing. I've made some poor decisions in my life. I am, I am one that <clears throat> it's, it's not hard for me to make a bad decision. Let's just put it that way. But here's the thing. I'm not the only one. Y'all have made some bad decisions too, okay? So don't, like, don't judge me. Every single one of us have made a bad decision before in our life. Maybe for you, your story is similar to mine, that you, you bought a house that you knew it was too much, you knew it was too big, you knew you couldn't afford it, but you walked in and you fell in love You've been saving up Pinterest boards of Chip and Joanna Gaines for, you know, months and years and like, oh my gosh, I can make all my dreams come true. And you have stress now and you don't want to clean it and all the things that you were blind to because you love the house are now just bothering you and why is the wall this way and why is the bathroom here and you hate the house and there's so much stress in your life. Bad decision, wasn't it? Some of us have made bad decisions when it comes to relationships. Maybe we started a relationship with somebody that we shouldn't have or we stayed in a relationship way too long. And our friends and our family tried to tell us there were red flags and warning signs, but we were in love and we didn't see it. And there was abuse or there was hurt or it just wasn't compatible and you regret that part of your life. It was a bad decision. Some of us have made bad decisions when it comes to our career. 
that we, we went into a career field because somebody else pressured us to, our parents or our friends or society, and you hate your job and it's sucking the life out of you, but what are you going to do now? Some of you have stayed at a job too long. You should have moved on. Some of you have moved on from a job and you should have stayed, but you don't know how to deal with conflict and grow and mature as a person and like all these different things. Bad decisions. I don't even need to talk about bad money decisions that we all make, okay? Our economy runs on bad financial decisions, all right? And I promised Rick Schwab, if you're watching this, I promised Rick Schwab from North Branch Chevrolet here in town that I would not talk about car loans when I talked about money again. So I will not, Rick, I won't even mention how bad of an investment a car loan is. So here's the thing. We are all prone to making bad decisions. No one is exempt. No one is above it. And, and it seems so easy for us to make a bad decision, and sometimes it seems so hard for us to make a good decision. Solomon was considered the wisest person to have ever lived, and not wise on his own, but he, he asked God to give him supernatural wisdom as he was going to rule over the people of Israel, and God did that. He's considered the wisest man to ever live, and he talks about how easy it is and the results of bad decisions in our lives in a book called Proverbs. I want to read a few of them to you this morning. They're just short little one-liners. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Isn't that true? Have you ever made a bad decision that was a lack of self-control? And what's your life like? It's, it's chaos now. It's ruined because of it. There's hurt. It's like broken down walls all around you. We know this, isn't it? Bad decisions hurt. Another proverb, he writes this. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. In today's term, we call this buyer's remorse, okay? <clears throat> you go out and you want to buy that new TV or that new vehicle or whatever, and it's awesome. And then later on, a couple months down the line, when the payments start coming, you go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Haste makes mistakes. Sometimes we are so excited to get something or to do something that we don't think it through enough, and we suffer because of it. Bad decisions. Just one more, he writes. He says this, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Every single bad decision that you have made, that you have made, that you online have made, that I have made, every single bad decision seemed right in the beginning, didn't it? It seemed like it was going to be a good idea. It seemed like things were going to work out. It seemed like everything was going to be okay. I mean, nobody, nobody wakes up in the morning and just goes, you know what? Today I think I'm going to ruin my life with some bad decisions. You know what? I want to spend more than I have. I want to get married to somebody who I'm going to hate someday. And get that, like, that sounds like a good plan for a Sunday. Nobody does that. But we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been on the other side of those decisions where it looked right, it felt right, our emotions were into it. But on the other side, man, what a bad decision. And it's ruined our lives. It's cost us something every single time. And here's the thing. Like I said, nobody is exempt. This is not a unique problem to one specific group of people. Whether you are a Christian or not, you will struggle with this. Whether you are a man or a woman, you will struggle with this. Whether you are black or white, you will struggle with this. Whether you are rich or poor, you will struggle with this. Whether we are young or old, we will struggle with this. Every single one of us have such a tendency to make bad decisions. So is there any help? Is there any hope for this? Is there some preventative maintenance that we can talk about well, yeah, of course there is. Otherwise, this would be a pretty weird service. Hey, come hear the bad news. Bye, see ya. 
For as many times as Solomon writes about bad decisions and how easy they are, he also talks about good decisions. And and before we read them, I just want to tell you this. His preventative maintenance, God's instructions through him are so simple, okay? They are so simple. They are not revolutionary. You will be tempted to think when I read this, like, oh, I've heard that before. Like, tell me something new. It is so clear, so direct, so to the point, I think we've missed the forest for the trees, okay? But this is God's preventative maintenance for us when it comes to making decisions in our lives. Here's one of them. He says this, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. A prudent person stops. A prudent person notices what's going to come ahead. A prudent person thinks through things. That's how you make better decisions. Look at another proverb. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. Okay, this is not Christianese talk. This is not hard to understand. This is simple. This is clear. This is direct. This is to the point. Wise people, good decisions come when we think before we act. I told you, it's not revolutionary. It's not new. It's not shiny. But it's preventative maintenance for our decisions. There's one more I want to read to you this morning. It says this, Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Patience. Self-control. I want you to think about your life for a moment, your decision-making process. When you are making a decision... Are these things that would describe that process for you? When you're making a decision, are you patient? When we're making a decision, whatever it is, this is so applicable to every area of life, whatever it is. Do we have self-control? That's God's preventative maintenance for us. Be patient. Have self-control. Solomon is writing these words to a culture thousands of years ago that is so different than ours. And yet he says, here's some preventative maintenance. Here's how you make better decisions. In our culture today, though it's different, this still applies to us. This is still just as good for us. And I think if I could sum up what Solomon is writing, if I could sum up what I think God is trying to tell us through him, is this. When you're going to make a decision, just pause Just pause. When you're about to do something, say something, buy something, go somewhere, get in a relationship, whatever it might be, just pause. Push the brakes. Take a time out. I'm not sure if I would say this definitively like 100% of the time, but I'm not sure there's anything in our life, 99.9% of the time, I'm not sure there's anything in life that is so urgent So necessary. We have to do it right now. And if we don't, our world is going to absolutely crash around us. I'm not sure there's anything like that, that we should make a decision so quickly, so hastily, at the cost of potentially regretting it later on. What do you do with regret? You can't change regret. Once it's there, it's there. And that is one of the worst pains in life. Maybe we should just pause and not worry about what everybody else thinks. Maybe we should pause and not worry about other people's opinions. Maybe we should push pause and not get all emotionally involved. What if we just paused before we made a decision? What if? Would that help you? What if God is trying to help us 
He's trying to give us instructions. He's trying to give us some preventative maintenance. He's just saying, just slow down. Just pump the brakes. Don't move faster than you need to. Just pause. Don't you think that would be some good preventative maintenance for the decisions you're facing in life? But here's the thing. Pause isn't the only piece. There's more than that. God has additional preventative maintenance for us, and he, he tells us what it is through a man named Paul. We talk about Paul a lot around here. Um, Paul was a first century believer, Christian. He wrote many of the documents and letters that make up the New Testament. And in one particular called Ephesians, he talks about this, this principle of making better decisions. Now, if you have never read Ephesians before, if you're watching online and maybe you've never read the Bible, Ephesians is such a great letter, okay? It, is, it, it talks about salvation clearly. It talks about God's promises and spiritual blessings for us. The second half is so practical. I'm telling you, it's, I just read it again this last week. It is such a good letter. But in the second half of this letter, in chapter 5, Paul talks about decision-making. Now, he's writing to a group of people that he, he cares about a lot. These are close friends. He had spent a few years earlier, he'd spent about three and a half years in a city called Ephesus, starting this church, helping reach people for God through Jesus Christ. Awesome people. And he's writing them this letter, and he talks about how to make decisions. He starts off, he says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. This, this, again, is just a different way of basically wording the problem that we're talking about. How do we make better decisions? How do, we, how do we be wise? How do we make the most of the opportunities that are given us so that we don't cause unnecessary pain, so that we don't cause unnecessary regrets, so that we don't kill off relationships before, you know, before all those sorts of things? Be careful how you live, Paul is saying. But what he writes next is kind of, for me anyway, I view this as like the aha moment. It's, it's a principle that he spells out that is applicable for every person in every time period with every decision they're going to make. It is, it is kind of a blanket principle for how to make better decisions in our lives. And he says this, don't act thoughtlessly. Okay, that's the pause piece from Solomon. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. For those of us here who are Christians, for those of you watching online who are Christians, you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, there's more than just pause. Paul says, don't act thoughtlessly. Okay, we got that one. But there's another step. Understand what God wants you to do. That when you and I push pause, when we're, when we're, when we're looking to make a decision, pause is not just, okay, go set an egg timer and when it goes off, just go back and do again whatever you want. Paul's saying, no, there's more than that. When you pause, spend time with God. When you pause, try and understand, is God trying to lead you somewhere? Is he's, give, give God an opportunity to speak to you. Now, probably not audibly. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But give God a chance to direct us. That as we, as we, as we pause, God, is there anything that you want to say to me or lead me in in this pause? Some of you will remember in the, in the 90s, there were those bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? This is kind of like that, except even more personal. This is Paul saying, this is God saying to us, not just what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus want me to do? What would Jesus want me to do in this situation right now, in light of my past, 
in light of where I'm at right now, in light of where I want to be in the future, God, direct me, guide me. What do you want me to do? See, I think sometimes we, we separate our lives into like, well, here's my spiritual life and here's my non-spiritual secular life. Maybe it's not like that. Maybe God wants to be involved in every area of our life. Maybe God can direct us and guide us. And I think, I think sometimes if we can simply stop and think and give God a chance to speak to us, we would be so much better off because of it. And I think kind of to, to, to sum it up or to put it in an easy-to-remember phrase is this. When we make decisions, pause and ponder. Pause and ponder. The best preventative maintenance from God himself through Solomon and through Paul is to pause and to ponder. God, I'm going to stop. You speak to me. You guide me. You lead me. I just want you to think about something. Do you think this would make a difference in your life? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Can you imagine how different our lives would be if we, if we simply paused and pondered? Just think back on your life for a moment. How many, how many regrets could you have prevented if you'd only paused and pondered? If you'd given God a chance to speak to you? In the future, whatever decisions you're facing now, whatever decisions you might face in 10 years, how many regrets could we prevent if we simply learn to pause and ponder? See, the great thing about this advice from God is that it's applicable for any of us. It is so personal. It is so adaptable. There are no pat answers. God can speak to us and direct us and lead us and guide us. Every single one of us unique in whatever decision we are making. Say you want to make a big purchase, right? Let's just kind of walk through a couple examples. Okay, what does this look like? I'm supposed to pause, I'm supposed to ponder. What does that look like? If you want to make a big purchase, say you want to buy a new vehicle or you want to go on vacation or buy a tool for your business or whatever it might be, let's pause. Don't just ring it up right away, put it on credit, pay for it. Maybe we just pause, pause, pause. And then during that pause, what if we pondered, God, what do you want me to do here? Do you have some instructions for me? Do you have something specific for me? There's all sorts of questions we could run through in our mind as we're pondering, as we're spending time with God, as we are experiencing his presence. We can ask ourselves, well, is this, good, is this financial decision going to put me into debt? Because we know God's heart is for us, none of us, to be in debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. He is so clear over and over and over again. Is this financial decision going to put me in debt? Well, if it is, Maybe that's God trying to direct us. Don't make that decision. But is the debt maybe for a business that you're going to build a business and can produce income? Does that change things? I don't know. Maybe it does. And if so, we can ponder, well, how fast is that income going to come in? Is that going to kill my cash flow for a while? Is there a danger of me going out of business? Rather than get emotionally invested into the color of something or the location or how many miles something has, what if we just paused and pondered, God, what do you want me to do with my money? Help me make better financial decisions. God, I'm inviting you to guide me and direct me. All sorts of things we could ask. We could ask ourselves, God, help me, help me get a better view of my overall finances. Am I saving? Is, is my financial future good? If I make this decision, is that going to prevent me from something that I, else that I want down the line to be able to retire better, pay for my kids' college? Is this going to get in the way of a goal that I have in my life? God, please, I'm giving you time to speak and direct. 
We can ask ourselves, well, okay, I know, no, it's, it's not going to put me in debt, and no, it's not going to stop my financial future, but God, do you, do you want me to make this decision? Maybe God could reveal to our hearts, well, I don't know, are we being generous or not? Is all of our money in our life just all about us and what we want? Are we being generous towards others? I mean, all sorts of different questions that are so unique and personal and individual. Like I said, there's no pat answers. But what if, what if, no, sorry, if we can go back to pause and ponder. What if we did this? What if God wants to direct our finances? What if we could make better financial decisions simply by pausing and pondering? What about in our relationships? What if we use this principle in decisions that we make in our relationships. Relationships are tough. Relationships are complicated, right? We get, unfortunately, hurt often by other people. So rather than blow up at the other person when you get offended, rather than send an angry text message, rather than post something on social media where you don't use people's names, but everybody knows what you're talking about, what if instead of doing that, we just paused and pondered? God, I feel hurt right now. What's the best decision to make? What, what sort of questions can we ask ourselves as we ponder? Well, is this the first time this has happened or is this a recurring theme? Is this person generally for me or are they generally against me? God, what they said kind of hurt and it, it didn't feel good and I got offended, but God, this, this one will be tough. God, is there any truth in what they said? Are you trying to use them to shape me? To mold me as iron sharpens iron, that abrasive process. Sometimes we are so quick to run away from what God might be trying to produce in us. What if we paused and pondered? Is this a relationship I want to keep? What what does forgiveness look like? I don't know, it's different. But wouldn't you like to make the best decision possible? This would mean yes. Wouldn't you like to? Okay, was this small enough that I can just forgive and move on? Or was this such a big deal that I need to put up boundaries in my life as part of my forgiveness? All sorts of different things we could ask ourselves so that our relationships don't have to suffer, so that we don't have regrets later on in life. Maybe you're attracted to somebody of of the opposite sex. What if we, rather than just giving into our hormones, what if we paused and pondered? Maybe the first question we could ask ourselves, am I seeing somebody else? That ought to be enough to stop it right there, but we laugh, but often it's not. Many people's stories are ruined because they didn't stop to pause and ponder. And they cheated on someone and a relationship that they cared so much about is gone and there's pain and destruction in their lives. What if we paused and pondered? Even more than that, okay, I'm not, I'm not in a relationship with somebody else. I want to pursue this one. What if we gave God a chance to speak to us? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. God, speak to me. God, guide me. I want you to help me make a better decision. What, could, what sort of questions could we ask while we're pondering? Well, do I actually like spending time with this person? Do I enjoy having conversations? Or is this just, I'm physically attracted, I'm not worried about anything else? Do they share the same beliefs that I do? Do they share the same values that I do? Are they of the same political party that I am? I think that's a question we ought to ask on date number one. I am so surprised 
People get into relationships, they get married, and they don't have the same political beliefs. They don't have the same spiritual beliefs. They don't have the same view on money. They don't have the same view on parenting. They don't share anything in common. And then five years later, they're divorced, and they're like, I don't know what happened. We do. We all know what happened. Y'all weren't compatible. Don't rush into something just because you can't contain your urges and your pleasures. What if we stopped to ponder? What if we gave God a chance when it comes to kids, I know many of us have kids still in the home, and Kevin talked about big picture principle of parenting last week. If you did not watch that message and you have kids still in your care, you need to watch it. It is absolutely fantastic. It will help you. It is God's preventative maintenance for parenting. But that was a 30,000-foot view of parenting. If we have kids at home, there are 30,000 little decisions every single day. How do we make those the best decisions? Well, like Kevin talked about last week, was that an attitude that they have? Was that rebellion? Was that selfishness? Or was that just some spilled milk? Was that just an action? And we can ask ourselves, am I raising a boy or a girl? From God's perspective, they're different on purpose, and we ought to parent them differently. God has created them differently. We can ask ourselves, hey, what should discipline look like in this spot? Should I use physical discipline? Should I use verbal discipline? Should I take something away? I don't know. But wouldn't you like to have God's help in those decisions? Wouldn't you like to give God an opportunity to work in your life? We can ask ourselves, okay, what, what sort of values do I want them to have? And how do I model that? And, you know, should my kid be in this activity? I, I don't know. That's something you got to decide. But if we paused and we pondered, maybe we could make a better decision. Hey, okay, before I sign my kid up for this sport or this activity or whatever I'm going to do, is this something that they want to do? Is this something that we have time for? Is this me just living vicariously through them that's going to throw off our whole family schedule? I don't know, but what if we just paused and pondered? I know we're all probably pretty sick of politics and voting's already done, but what if we paused and pondered before we voted next time? Maybe if we stop playing personality politics. I don't care who the person is. What if we voted on their platform? What if, I don't, I don't care what my family's always done. I don't care what society's pressuring me to do. God, before I vote, I'm going to pause and I'm going to give you a chance to speak to me. What do you want? What, which person most closely reflects your values and your heart and your goal for this world? If we paused and pondered, what about when it comes to speech and, and talking to people? You know, James, the half-brother of Jesus, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. That's pause and ponder right there. What if we didn't just blurt out the first thing that was on our mouth, but we were quick to listen? Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Even if you, I mean, ex extreme case, if you think you heard from God and he gave you a vision and go do this, I, I'm not sure I'd say this across the whole board, but 99% of the examples in the Bible were not God saying, boom, you got to do this immediately right now. Even if we hear from God, what if we paused and pondered, God, direct me. I'm not sure if what I heard was actually you or if I ate bad pizza last night. Give me some direction, God. How do I go about this? I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. What if we paused and pondered? And look, here's the thing. This is so applicable for every area of life. What if? That's the question for today. What if? What if God wants to be more active in our lives? What if God wants to direct us? What if God wants to help us make better decisions, but we are just too busy to even stop and ask for directions? 
What if? Can you just imagine how much better your life might be if you followed what God said, if you did God's preventative maintenance that anger issues could diminish? Um, financial spending could get in order. Our relationships could be stronger. Our kids could be stronger. Our society as a whole could be so much better. If only we would ask the question, what if that's really true? What if I started to pause and ponder before I made a decision? You see, there's no preventative maintenance manual that covers every single decision you and I are going to have to make in life. If, If there was, it'd be 800 miles wide. So rather than give us specifics for every single little detailed thing, God just tells us to pause and to ponder. That's his preventative maintenance. And here's the question. What if? What if? What if your life could be better by actually doing what God says? And so as we wrap up today, I just want to put that into practice. I want to give us some time to pause and to reflect and to spend time with God. So would you pray with me as we do that? Father, I thank you so much that you you desire to be active in our lives. You don't just create us and then leave us all on our own and say, yeah, go figure it out. But you want to walk with us. You want to inform our decisions. You want to help us live the best life possible. Maybe not best financially, not best as the world sees it, but from your perspective, you want us to live the best life possible where there's peace on the inside because of you, where there's joy on the inside because of you, where there's security because of you. Father, I pray that you would help us make better decisions that would lead to that goal you have for our lives. Every single one of us have made bad decisions before, and usually that's because we didn't consult you first. We just got so busy in doing what we wanted to do. We are caught up in the bright lights or somebody else's opinion. Father, we want to be different. We want to live different. We've paid enough consequences for that. Father, each and every one of us here right now, everybody listening, watching this online, We are asking you, God, to make a difference in our lives. May you put it in our mind right now that before we make another decision, we would pause and we would ponder, that we would consult with you first, that we would talk to you first, that we would try and catch your will and your heart for our lives. Father, I pray that you would just bring it to our mind whenever a decision comes up that we can look to you, that you are there and you want to help. And Father, I just thank you in advance. I thank you so much that you give us good instructions. I thank you that you, you, your leading and your direction is always good. Help us to, I guess, honestly tap into you more than we do right now. Help us make better decisions, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.